You're listening to the Choose Life Podcast, a podcast about living a radically human and courageously authentic life. Join us as we discuss topics from small business leadership to adoption advocacy to living the life God has called you to. Here's your host, Clay Steves. Welcome back to the Choose Life Podcast. I am your host, Clay Steves, and it is my honor that you are choosing to spend your valuable time with me today. To all of you who have subscribed, thank you uh, on Spotify, on the Apple Podcast. Thank you for doing that. It means the world to me. It means the world to our organization that you are becoming a part of this movement to intentionally choose life. And for those of you who follow us on Facebook and share and like and comment, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, We see you. We're thankful for your interactions. And we just want you to know that we encourage you. Uh, We are here for you, and we are so excited to be on this journey together. So thank you for following. Over the past three months, we have collectively, together, engaged in this movement to intentionally choose life, to shift our mindset from just drifting through life to passionately living on purpose. We have looked through various lenses and subjects over these weeks to see how this choose life principle applies in many different arenas, from fatherhood to small business leadership to embracing failure. The subjects have varied, but consistently, we have talked about three phrases, three choices that embody what it means to choose life. Purpose-driven, courageously authentic, radically human. And for the next three podcasts, I actually want to dive deeper into these three attributes, into these three choices. I want to peel back the onion and expose the fundamentals of these approaches to equip each of us to consistently and on purpose choose to live them out on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute cadence. I'm going to start with radically human, radically human. I think it's the third one I consistently say, but I want to start with it. And why, you ask? Why do I want to start with this? Well, during last week's episode, near the, near the close, and if you haven't listened, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But near the close, I referenced being radically human. And for those of you watching the video, I literally like raised my arm up and I gave the example of showing your armpit, right? Like show them your pit stains to those around you. And I I am here to witness, as straight-faced and as serious as I can, the team member with me, Quincy, I'm calling her out right here, She, if she had like coffee or water in her mouth, she'd have spit it out right on the camera. She'd have spit it all right here. She was like, what in the world? And afterwards, during our debrief, she said, where did that come from? And so I just took that as, you know what, this is a good opportunity that I'm going to talk on that subject this week. I was inspired to start right there. And I'm going to start with this. I am tired and I am tense. It's not in my notes. That's just me sharing with you where I am right now. Beforehand, right before we we started filming, play was hit and I was just taking like deep breath. Calm down, Clay. Deep breath. Calm down. And I can't, I can't get it out. I can't get it out my fingertips or shake it out or whatever you need to do to, to lose the tension. I'm just tired and tense right now. There's a lot going. 
We're on a short timeline. One of my kiddos had a birthday last night. I was behind on creating this content and I was feeling the tension, but I was trying to disengage so that I could focus and be present and in the moment for archery and for the pinata and for shooting rockets, like the awesomeness of a birthday party with a kiddo. And, and I couldn't sleep last night. I woke up early to, to work on this and I just, I'm trying to just share with you where I am because that's the first premise of being radically human. So I'm not in my notes yet. This is me just sharing with you where I am because that's the first premise of this. It's the first premise of it. So do you remember the Terminator movies? The Terminator movies, right? This came out when I was a little kid and they've made a bunch of sequels since, but there's this sequence of movies, a series of movies about cyborgs. That's right, cyborgs like Schwarzenegger, right? I'll be back, right? So that was terrible. But they look like humans on the outside, but on the inside, they were anything but human. And for much of the movies, they have this external display and they're trying to show the world that they look like humans, the peers around them. But in truth, they're faking it. They're only showing you a part of their whole being. They are acting like one thing when the truth is fundamentally under the surface at their core, there is more to them. They're portraying one thing externally while hiding much of what's underneath the surface. And I pose that all too often, that is how I, we, so many of us live in this world. We know that there's something fundamental, core, more human underneath the surface, but externally, we only display part of the, part of the story. And I'm sure we all do this for different reasons, right? Some because we actually don't like what's underneath the surface and we are scared to be exposed to others. Some because we're insecure and we need everyone to like us to make us feel better about what's underneath the surface, even if it's a fake us that others like. Some of us, because we've been told in the corporate world, right in the business world, we need to bring something different to the office than who we are really at home, right? So we fake it till we make it at office. And then when we go home, we're somebody totally different. Whatever the reason, instead of being radically human, we're just sharing with honesty, I'm tired and I'm tense. We put a cover on for the world to see. All the while knowing we're a whole different mechanic mess underneath the surface. But this isn't life, right? This is actually superficially inhuman. This is death masquerading as being alive, just like the cyborgs in Terminator. And when we do this, when we choose to hide who we really are at our core and engage others and invite them into this place, we rob ourselves of genuinely connecting with other humans. Even those that we spend copious amounts of time with and around, we actually tell them that we can't trust them enough to show them who we really are. We don't trust them enough to let them in. We hide and protect ourselves from deep, from deep genuine connections, which is foundational towards choosing a healthy, thriving life. <laughs> Luckily, 
you and I, I assume, are not cyborgs, right? We actually were created from dirt and flesh. We were made out of mess beautifully, intentionally molded, foundationally human. All parts above the surface and below. Messy, emotional, raw, layered, beautiful, radically human. This is life. This is you, whole, integral, every part of you. And this is what you were created to be. Yet too often we hide in plain sight just by letting the world see our surface. We ignore down below. We ignore the deep mess buried in the dirt element of ourselves, portraying only the beautiful flower, only the beautiful fruit above the surface, but not here, not at Choose Life. We won't fake anymore. We won't choose the false fleeting safety of being superficially inhuman. Instead, we're going to boldly choose to live radically human. And notice, I didn't just say human, I said radically human. So let's unpack radically for a moment. The word radical, in fact, comes from the Latin word radix, which means root. So the word radical comes from the word root. So when something is radical, it's actually foundational. It's core. It's below the surface just as a root. So if you're to change something radically, it means that you are to change it fundamentally. You're to change it deep below the surface in its foundation at its essence. So when we say radically human, we're talking about taking an approach that is birthed from the crux of our life. It is down below the surface and it invites others to that place, into that mess, into deep connection and relationship where real humanity lies. Now, don't run off by how big and daunting this all sounds, okay? I understand and I completely am with you. When you talk about being radically human, it comes off like this very large, big, daunting. I can't, I can't go do that. That's so big. The truth of the matter is, although it is foundational and core, and it sounds big and it can be overwhelming, that isn't what it is. It's actually very small changes very small at the right spot changes below the surface at the core that have a cascading, an exponential, a compounding effect on life. The small choices produce huge results. So be encouraged because we're actually going to talk about two Small things that you can choose day in, day out, interaction to interaction, conversation to conversation, circumstance to circumstance, to be radically human. Because when you live that way, you will genuinely be choosing life. These two things that we must choose to do. The first, lead with vulnerability. Lead with vulnerability. Living in trust and connection with others is foundational. It's core towards a healthy, thriving life. Choose 
life. This applies in family, in friendship, in the workplace, in every arena of your life. Genuine connection and trust are the base of healthy relationships. This trust allows you to speak truth to each other, right? It, holds, it allows you to hold each other accountable. It allows you to endure inevitable misunderstandings and communication challenges. It allows you to overcome external challenges in life, external uh, circumstances and life events that you don't see coming that affect your relationship. It allows you to thrive and endure and come out the other side stronger in life. But what makes you trust and connect with someone? All too often, I believe people fall into the, the mindset that spending large amounts of time together is what builds connection. That proximity and time build connection. But I believe this is a trap. And I pose to you that that is not what builds a strong foundation in relationship. I challenge the premise and I disagree. I believe that actually what makes our relationships strong is vulnerability. It's vulnerability. We don't connect with people because they're perfect. We don't connect with people because of the fact that they get it right every time or because they have the perfect Instagram feed or we want their life or we see it there, right? Because that's just exhausting. And that honestly makes me not trust people because I know my reality. I know there's above and below the surface. And so do you. You know your whole self, your whole life. And when we see people who externally are showing one thing, that doesn't make connection and trust. That actually breeds mistrust because we see their highlight reel and feel that we're just living behind the scenes. That isn't foundational. But when we begin to lead with vulnerability, we create the connections for genuine trust. I've heard it said before that we admire people for their strengths, but we connect with them and their weaknesses. To choose a radically human life, we must embrace this truth and lead with vulnerability. We must risk exposing ourselves. Because that's what risking is. We expose ourselves to vulnerable moments. We must share these with others. We must share our weaknesses, our misses, our mistakes. We must choose to show them the mess below the surface. We must allow them to see our pit stains. This is being radically human. And this is how we build those genuine connections. Jared is an incredible leader within our organization. He leads the largest team within Habakkuk, which is the ortho field team. This team serves over a thousand patients every single year. And at the time of the story I'm about to tell, Jared actually was leading a team that more than half of them had been at the organization longer than him. And while Jared, I'm telling you, if you've ever encountered him, you know this. And if you haven't, he's one of the most magnetic, charismatic human beings you will ever meet. People are just drawn to him. And when you're that type of a leader, but you haven't been there as long as some of the other team members, sometimes that dynamic actually can take some time for your team to trust you because they've been there. They know it. And you're kind of coming in with energy and charisma and your team needs some time to foster trust and connection. Well, the ortho team, they had actually not been performing for the last few weeks at the level of excellence that we expect in the operating room at Habakkuk. We hold a very high standard of performance 
and they hadn't been holding the bar. Jared was actually doing a great job leading through this challenge. He was lovingly and consistently holding them accountable. He was calling them up to the standard that we hold even when we were falling short, and he was demanding that they perform at that level. This had gone on for a couple weeks, and then the very next week, it was a Thursday, and I actually remember the phone call. It rings, and I pick it up, and it was Jared. And audibly, couldn't even see him, I could just hear it in his voice. He was upset. He proceeded to share with me that he himself, earlier in that day, had committed what we call a never event. What we call a, an enduring excellence miss at Habakkuk. He had opened a wrong implant in a surgical procedure. Luckily, in the moment, right after he'd made the mistake, he caught it. The, the patient was not affected. And the procedure finished with, a, with an exceptional outcome. But Jared was so frustrated with himself. He was exposed. He was emotional in that moment. He had been demanding his team raise their level of performance. And then he had gone and made a mistake way below the level that he was expecting of the people following him. But what happened next is the definition of leading with vulnerability. First thing the next morning, Friday morning, they have their weekly team meeting. And right off the bat, opening it up, Jared is visibly emotional. He's upset and he owns this miss with his entire team. He owns his miss. He apologizes to them for not performing at the level that he expects all of them to perform at. And he demanded better performance of himself. And what you have to know is this, none of his team knew that that miss had happened. None of them had to know that it happened. He didn't even have to tell me. He had caught it. Nothing had ever happened with the patient. Everything was fine. And our systems as an organization at that time weren't strong enough to display this type of uh, information for anyone else to know. But what he was was radically human. He led with vulnerability and said, I make mistakes just like everybody else. He didn't hide it. He had the courage to lead with vulnerability and show his team his pit stains. He showed his team above the surface and below the surface. And that day, at the core, at the foundation, he actually strengthened the connection between him and his team. The trust of the team that day grew stronger the foundation grew stronger because he led with vulnerability. He was radically human. And that team, I can tell you today, that team is thriving under his leadership. They are serving at an exponential sales and service level beyond their individual capacities as individuals, higher than we've ever done as an organization because their trust, their foundation wasn't built on working together a lot and predictively knowing what the other's gonna do. It was built on leading with vulnerability. It was built by a radically human leader who was willing to show his team and to lead his team with vulnerability. For you as an orthopedic surgeon, maybe, maybe you're struggling with efficiency and leadership in your clinic. But when one of your partners asks you how everything's going, instead of being vulnerable, instead of showing your pit stain and saying, yeah, this is what's going on with me. Here's the struggles. Here's below the surface of what I've got going on. 
You respond that everything's fantastic, couldn't be better, everything's great, because we couldn't dare make ourselves exposed or vulnerable. Or maybe you're consistently losing your patience with your children's childish behavior. This one's me, 100%. This is me. But instead of sharing this with your spouse, who is seeing it also, by the way, instead of sharing that and letting them in and owning your reactions that you want to change, you act like everything's fine. And if we do this too long, the danger point is this. If we don't have the strength to lead with vulnerability and show our full humanity and be radically human, we actually begin to become the emperor with no clothes. We tell others it's not safe for them to be honest and show the full picture. We tell them it's not safe to fail. We tell them it's not safe to be human. So as you lead with vulnerability, exposing yourself as radically human with those around you, you actually begin to allow others to be themselves holy, integral, human. You give them the freedom to be genuine, to be whole. And when they are this, radically human themselves, you begin to get the best out of them. You begin to learn from them and know them more when you lead with vulnerability. When you choose to be radically human, you unlock yourself and others around you. You begin to build deep, lasting, foundational trust and connection that will endure the challenges of life. To choose life. To be radically human, we must first lead with vulnerability. Lead with vulnerability. The second thing we have to do, we must love with empathy. After we lead with vulnerability, again, small thing you can start doing. The second thing you have to do is love with empathy. I have seen empathy defined numerous ways. And so here at Choose Life, what I'm specifically talking about with radically human and choosing to love with empathy is this, the ability to understand and see the feelings, experiences, and emotions of another person, and to communicate that understanding and sight to the other person. It's two parts to the definition of empathy here. This is such a powerful, life-giving approach that will equip you to serve and uplift, give life, to those around you, to intentionally love by standing in someone else's shoes and acknowledging their emotions, their experiences, without need to objectively analyze or fix the situation is another radical approach to fostering deep, lasting, meaningful connection with others. And it isn't hard. Like, this isn't complicated. We just have to be willing to put our own agenda and opinion down for a minute. To choose to be radically human, we have to let go of our right to be right. And we have to grab tightly to our need to listen. When someone does this for you, when someone has done this for me, it is one of the most encouraging, life-giving encounters. To be seen, to be understood without agenda, without them trying to fix, it is a burst of wind in your sales, especially when you are going through a challenging time. My wife, Kirsten, almost of 15 years, we are staring at it and I'm stoked about that. She has this gift. 
she has this gift of loving with empathy. She has the ability to see the emotions that someone else is experiencing. She listens so well to her friends and to me. And she uses that ability to see the perspective of other people. And whether it's the pain that I personally am wrestling, like with a tough decision at work, uh, or the confusion that I go through in trying to solve a difficult challenge or problem in our family or at the job, she's able to observe and recognize and see me going through and experiencing these emotions. And when she expresses to me that she sees me going through these emotions, she's not trying to fix it, she's not trying to tell me what to do, but that she sees me going through that, it is one of the most deep, powerful connections. It's a building effort that she makes in our relationship. It was the end of 2011. It was the end of 2011. I had just finished a very long season in my life. I was working full-time during the day. I was studying online classes at night, trying to finish my undergraduate degree from when I had dropped out from school years before that. We had two kids at the time. Life was full. It was challenging, but I finally felt like I was getting it together, right? I had my sea legs, so to speak. I was standing up. I was finding a rhythm in life. I was succeeding. I was achieving goals. I was activating. It was great. So after some tough seasons, which I had brought on myself with very poor decisions, I finally felt like I was winning again. And then a letter arrived in the mail from a woman claiming to be my birth mother. I was 29 years old at the time, adopted, had fully settled that I was never going to meet my biological family. And then that letter shows up. I remember sitting down on my bed, reading the letter, and I was in a haze. It was surreal. It was one of those moments. And after I finished the read-through, I actually opened the drawer of my nightstand right next to me. I put the letter in, and I shut the drawer. All my confidence, all my rhythm, all my plans, all my understanding in that moment, bam, fundamentally deep, changed. I was disrupted. I was confused. I was so full of emotion that I actually became emotionless. And so I just began to move on as if nothing had happened. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to unpack it. I, I, didn't, want, I didn't know how to proceed. So I actually acted like the letter had never even arrived. The whole time, Kirsten was next to me. She was observing. She was patient. She knew objectively, she knew objectively that the timing of that letter was ordained. She knew objectively that there was a richness and a fullness and truth in life on the other side of that letter. She knew that something powerful was there. But instead of rushing me, instead of pushing me, instead of nagging me, She loved with empathy. She told me she saw that I was struggling. She told me that while she couldn't understand what I was going through, she saw that it was confusing and hard for me. She told me that no matter what, she was there for 
if and when I wanted to talk about it. She was radically human because she loved with empathy. She told me she saw me, roots and all, and that she was there. And because she did, it actually created a connection and a relationship deeper for the two of us because she started by loving with empathy. I was given the freedom to go through my process of my mess and my roots and my dirt and process my emotions. I was able to take a step and choose life because she was radically human. And don't miss that Kirsten not only saw my emotions and my experiences that I was going through, but that she expressed them to me. She said, I see what you're going through. Because it's one thing to recognize the emotions, the experiences, the challenges, the pain, the joy, the confusion that someone's going through. But here, to be radically human, to love with empathy, you then have to express to that person, I see you going through that. I see you hurting. That's how you love with empathy. You take action to express your recognition of what they're going through, even if you don't understand. And if you do understand and can relate, you can share to make them not feel alone in what they're going through. And that expression of your observation is what makes it radical. It's what makes it foundational. When we intentionally love with empathy, when we tell someone that we see and understand, or maybe that we don't understand but we still see, that we see their roots below the ground. All of them, human, whole, we build a deep, genuine connection. And that is what being radically human is about. It's about building true, deep connection with others because there, in that true, deep connection, is where life happens. Dr. Henry Cloud, who is a master psychologist and leader, he, he talks about there being four types of connectedness with others. He, he describes them actually as kind of corners in a room to describe the four different levels of connectedness you can have. The first one is disconnected or no connection. The second one is bad connection. The third one is pseudo connection or superficial connection, which is what I pose at the start, the cyborgs, right? That's a lot of what we have, fake, shallow, superficial connection. But the fourth, true connection. True connection is where life happens. Only one of these places, only one of these connections can help you choose life. Dr. Cloud actually describes true connection as this. And listen to this as I read it. Like This is life-giving. This is what we need and want and crave. Corner four. Corner four relationships are what we truly need. These are real connections. They make you feel whole. They hold you accountable and they allow you to hold them accountable. You can be your real self, the authentic you. You bring your heart, mind, soul, and passion to these relationships and you get the same back from the other person. Both parties to the relationship are wholly present, known, understood, and mutually invested. What each truly thinks, 
feels, believes, fears, and needs can be shared safely. This type of a relationship, deep, life-giving relationship, is actually the downstream consequence. It's the reward. It's the effect of being radically human. Of being radically human. And we need this. Our world needs this. Those around you need this. You need this. I need this. Desperately. This is one of the reasons why the quarantine has been so hard on so many people. We've lost our mechanism for connection. And so we must fight. We must be intentional to have true connections and to build these type of relationships. To have this deep, foundational, below-the-surface core level of connection that, that enable you to live a thriving and fruitful life in the midst of challenges and chaos that the world brings. We must choose to lead with vulnerability. We must choose to love with empathy. We must be radically human. Choose life. And as you take these steps, as you choose to live this way and embrace being radically human, leading with vulnerability and loving with empathy, what you must know is that the most radical human there ever was, the one who set the standard of humility and humanity was Jesus Christ. And true life, life that lasts eternally, comes through the grace and the gospel of him, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm so excited to be together again next week. I look forward to that. Step up. Be bold this week. Be radically human for yourself and those around you. Lead with vulnerability. Love with empathy. Choose life. <laughs>